Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast and today I want to talk about deal sources and uh, what to look out for because I've seen quite a few things come across my desk lately uh, from not only deal sources themselves but also from students that I'm working with who are asking for you know, advice and uh, the figures just do not stack and I think it's something that everyone needs to be aware of and I'm going to give you some insights on what to look for and, and how you can do it. As always, don't forget that the episode is sponsored by IPRAC and the Luke Stays Academy. If you haven't checked those out, just head down to the show notes and, and click the links down there. So I think deal sources provide value for certain people. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I think those that are time poor but maybe want to get into this game, then deal sources can work well for your business. However, I do think it needs to always come with a huge caution sign. And for me, I think you're better off investing in the uh, time and effort to learn the skill set so that you've got that skill set for life and then you can execute it as and when you feel required. So what I mean by that is a typical deal source on a rent to rent deal might be charging three, three and a half thousand pounds per deal. Well, you could quite easily get yourself equipped with a you know coaching program for um, you know that type of money, I know I offer one. If anybody does want um, you know to, to learn more about that, then just reach out to me. Um, but you know I that that type of money can give you a very very good base knowledge and actionable items to be able to go out there and find your own deals, just like these deal sources are doing. You know, there's no magic secret to it. It's just understand how to do it where to look, how to apply the information, how to communicate, how to sell, how to negotiate, and then putting it all together. So they've obviously gone and learned that skill set and they're using that skill set to uh, you know, make themselves a living, which is great and that's fine. But I think the problem I have with the majority of deals, especially in the service accommodation arena, is for one, a lot of the deal sources have never run a serviced accommodation unit. So they don't actually you know, own the properties. They've never run properties. They just let you find deals, pass them on, get their fee, disappear, go to the next one. How can you, without any experience, put together running costs of a serviced accommodation unit? That is one of the biggest things that I see falling down on. So not only um, do they underestimate a lot of the numbers to make obviously the deals work and there seems to be this sort of common format spreadsheet where it's like if 50% occupancy you'll break even at 60% you're this 70 and the numbers are just ridiculous you know not not one of them stack up so whenever a deal source sends me a deal I just ignore their sheets completely. I want to know the postcode. I want to see pictures of it. And I want to know how many bedrooms it's got. And from that information, I then do my own analysis and I will let them know whether it's worthwhile taking on or not. I factor in all the costs, including their fees, which quite often are astronomical and just make the deals not even viable because I believe you should, especially on a rent-to-rent deal, you should be getting your money back by around month six or seven and then the rest of it should be profit thereafter if it's taken longer than that sort of time period to get your money back that for me is not a good deal and there's a lot of these sources of punting these deals you know if if you're making an average of 500 quid on a rent to rent unit a month and they want three grand fee well that's going to take you six months just to get the fee back never mind the furniture set up and you know whatever deposits and things like that you might have had to put down but i think a thing that also um, you know bugs me is is the, the way that they manipulate the figures to 
to make those profits look good. Uh, you know, I've seen rent to rent deals on like, you know, one and two bed apartments making like 1500 quid a month. And it's just total bollocks. You know, you're just not going to get that type of money unless they're in high end places um, with very, very, very large ADRs. But, you know, your rents are going to be fortunes on those typical places. So you've got to, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're, this game, I think in the UK is very much about you know volume i think um you know for, for us anyway it's, it's going after that contractor market don't get me wrong i think there are the nice you know touristic spots where you play the holiday game um and obviously in dubai I play the holiday game a bit more but um you know in the main it's it's that it's that sort of medium style property i think with volume um where where the majority of people will look to operate and they're the type of guests that you will attract on mass and um they're the ones that you know you, you've got to factor those costs in you and you know you're going to be if you've got a good unit you're going to be making about seven seven fifty a month on a rent to rent strategy if it's owned obviously you'll make more because your mortgage is going to be less than your rent um but typically you know a good unit's going to make somewhere around that so you know, looking at the utilities, you know, you want to make sure, you know, utility bills have gone up, like hugely gone up in the last year and, you know, becomes a, a big drain on the whole business model in itself. You know, you're having to adapt, we're having to put the ADRs up and, you know, the winter months have, have been tough because obviously the heating bills are on when the, the, the revenue is low. But, you know, as a business, you've got to factor that in. I, I say all the time, this is a 12 months business and you've got to look at your, your cash position after 12 months, not really analyze it month by month because of the fluctuations. Um, but even so, you know, you do have to factor that in. And, you know, I've seen deals with like a hundred pound utilities on, well, you know, you're looking at, you know, three, 400 quid some months for, for very small properties. You know, that's, that's the reality of this. You know, they then put council tax on. You need to be on business rates. You know, you're an operating trade in business. You've got to be on business rates. It's not a thing of, can I do council tax because it's cheaper? No, you have to be on business rates. That's the legal way to operate your business when you're wanting to use a property for trade and income. So, you know, there's a lot of things that they, they miss out. And then the revenue-wise, they're, they're always typically a minimum 20 to £30 pound per night over what I believe is is the true number. And even when I pick a true number, I still also downplay that because I want to make sure that, you know, a deal can work at the worst case scenario. So you just got to be careful on, uh, you know, who, who you who you choose and what you're doing. I also believe most deal sources, you can um, you can negotiate with them their fees. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're just after their, their fee and move on. They've got to go and find another deal. Effective, deal sourcing is a job. You know, the what we do as, you know, a rent to rent and a long term strategy or, you know, buying assets and, and put them short term. OK, you're going to have to manage the business and you've got to make it work. But that money, you can make money whilst you sleep. You know, you're getting bookings whilst you sleep. You, once you've got it all set up, they're running, they're ticking. If you've got good team systems and processes, you don't really need to get that much more involved in it. That is the ideal scenario for i would say the majority of, of of my listeners i know it's the ideal scenario for me deal sourcing is a job you know it's a nine or five it's a grind you got to go and get a deal you sell it on you got to go and find another deal or you're not going to make any more money so you know these deal sources i think you can negotiate with them to try and create a win-win situation where the fees uh don't you know knock it past your say threshold of payback and then you know it works for them they're getting enough a, a bit of money but 
One thing that you do see is, is um, you know, the same deal getting punted around time and time and time again, um, you know, and if you do see that, you know, stay away from it. There's a good good chance that they're not selling it because it's not viable and, um, you know, they will just continue to punt those deals until a naive investor, unfortunately, picks it up and, 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 and takes it on. But... I think uh, you really should, whether you're going to use a deal sourcer or not going to use a deal sourcer, you should still educate yourself on how to really cost analysis a service accommodation unit, how to price up the revenue demand and see what's going to be coming in the front end and then put it all together. You can still use a deal sourcer, but I think if you're not fact checking what coming at you then you're asking for trouble and far too many people are getting into sticky situations where they've bought deals they're not making money they've spent fortunes on furniture and you know you dig into it and the reality of it is that they they don't know how to analyze deals they don't know what they're looking for you know there's plenty of information out there to be able to educate yourself and understand it and then if you want to use a deal sourcer thereafter then great you know you're going to only take on the deals that work and are profitable and you're going to stay away from the deals that aren't profitable so you know that that would be my uh you know actionable advice should we say is just you know with deal sources act with caution um you know get around even if you let's say don't have the experience or the confidence to to analyze a deal because maybe you've, you've not delved into this space before you've not got a property up and running you don't really know the costs are there's plenty of experienced people out there that you can bounce deals off and they will help you obviously you can get into networks property networks or as i said earlier you can get in the kind of coaching programs mentorships they're the type of places that your investment in those programs or, or the time invested to go into those networks will save you more than what you're investing because you know they'll prevent you making costly mistakes they'll give you the insights into how to do things properly you'll only take on the good units that are profitable whereas if you're winging it if you you know don't want to invest in yourself it's just a recipe for disaster and i've been there i've done it no i don't need that help i know what i'm doing i'll you know read a bit about it or you know i'll just go at it and see what happens and, and i've been burnt you know it's um it's always easier my experience to uh pay to play get around good people, ask good questions, and then put that actionable advice into play. And you tend to make a lot less mistakes. Uh, you have a lot more profitability long-term and you yeah, just have an, a much easier ride. It's, it's not as stressful. You know, there's nothing worse than losing money and making a bad mistake and regretting things, but they are the best ways to learn. So it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. So, um, but in the main, um, get yourself educated, understand what you uh, want to achieve, work with deal sources that are proven they come recommended and their fees aren't ridiculous i think the good deal sources don't actually have ridiculous fees it's the ones who are punting rubbish tend to have the ridiculous fees because i think they know that they need to get they'll not get too many wins whereas the ones that are actually putting the numbers together correctly uh their their deals aren't a fortune to get into because i think they understand that you know you can't be charging 40 percent of the setup cost is a fee, you know, it just doesn't stack. But they know they play the volume game, so they'll get regular repeat business because the deals will work and they're profitable and the payback's quick, so then they can go again and again and again. And they're the type of people that you want to be working with. But, um, but yeah, so hopefully that helps. Hopefully it steers some people away. As always, if you do want to learn more about my uh, coaching program, then just ping me a, a DM on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And um, as always, thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back soon with another episode.